Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Only One Ravens Podcast. I'm your host, King Pope here. I got my co-host, Mr. JB. And I also what up? got a special... Oh, my bad, JB. I also got a special guest, Mr. DT from Command Time. Uh, you guys got to check his pod out, man. Commander fan. Command Time on FSSN Sports Network. They do good work over there, him and Kayla, K-Pow. But tonight, guys, we're going to do a special show. You know, we uh, we sat there, we talked together, we figured, like, I'm bypassing that Chargers game because it's stuff in my system, JB, that I just – that game, I'm, I got I got to flush that because I, I still ain't happy with that. So I'm bypassing that. I'm bypassing that because we got a juicy topic, and I don't want to talk about the Ravens this week because they're on the bye. I'm getting in my mind because they they have pissed me off, but I'm moving past that. We're gonna get to the good topic today that we had, JB, and you came up with the topic. So I want you to Sheesh. you know lead us off. I want you to lead us off because you know, man. You, I mean, that you you came up with a great idea. So and like I said, we got a special guest, my man DT in here. We're gonna do. We're just gonna chime in on this topic. What's up? What's up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, so first of all, you, you are too hard on our Ravens, man. Like, they they doing the best they can, man. Like, they, they can only get better. But we, we so going to save all question. of that for next week, bro. You happy so, with the offense? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, I'm not happy with okay. any of it except okay. for Kyle Hamilton. Right. Like, like, he the only like he the only person right now that's playing lights out Ravens football. But, yeah, I, I, I think – yeah, we, we. I mean, it's, it's a whole lot to unpack on that side, so we, we can okay. do that next week. Gotcha. Um, this episode, um, everybody, I want to talk about uh, Coach Prime at Colorado. You know what I mean? Like he, <clears throat> like he has been doing his thing over there. Now, despite a four and eight record. <clears throat> Right. This guy has completely not just turned the program around, but he has revamped the program um, and the, the the program and the school is probably going to follow suit um, eventually. But the, the, the program is riding this new wave right now with the whole <clears throat> NIL and and the whole transfer um, portal, you know, like Coach Prime, like he really came in um, and, and shook things up you know, in the quote-unquote power five football, right? Now, it, it wasn't like any of the things that he is doing uh, wasn't happening prior to him getting to Colorado, right? But the, the way he's able to um, do, these th- do these deals and, and get things done, <clears throat> you know what I mean? You, you got to start putting re- some respect on my guy's name, man. Um so, you know, if, if you do a quick search um, of Deion Sanders, the first thing that'll pop up is um, he just won um, Sports Illustrated um, 2023 Sports Person of the Year. Like that's, you gotta, let me put that into perspective for you, right? Sportsman of the Year. So right now we are in December. If you go back to January, right? What do you have in January? January usually have like NFL talk, you know, the, the playoff push. Um, you got um, NBA is going on. NHL is going on. Um, the Super Bowl is in February. You know what I mean? Followed by March Madness, college, I mean, um, college basketball. You saw um, Angel Reese kind of explode, you know, shout out to Angel Reese, hometown girl. But, you know, I mean, like you, you, you saw her and Caitlin Clark go at it, and you know what I mean, like just everything. So everything in um, perspective. So you, you, you keep going. Like I said, April is baseball. Then you got the NBA playoffs. Then you got NFL into the summer. Then you got college football. You know what I mean. So th- this guy has won Sports Person of the Year. You know what I mean. Like not, not, not Coach of the Year. You know what I mean? Because the guy was four and eight, but you know what I mean? Like this is like he who he 
is who everyone was talking about week in and week out. I mean, we got to start putting some respect on his name. You know what I mean? And and um, I'm, I'm going to let y'all guys go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this intro up, and then we can circle back around to it. But the, the, the guy coming into the season, the guy was doing endorsement deals with Affleck, you know what I mean, and Nick Saban, who was Mr. College Football, you know what I mean, until Coach Prime showed up, you know what I mean? And you just look at what he did with the program and how he, um, yeah, he, he came in with a, you know, with a swift sword and, you know, told a lot of guys that they had to go if, if their heart wasn't in it. Um, in my opinion, I still think of some guys there that hearts are not in it and uh, which is why their record was what they was, but you, you, you got to give it up for this guy, man. And I can go on and on about Dion. Like Dion is one of the guys that, you know, I, 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 I marketed my game after, you know what I mean? I modeled my game after rather, you know, him and Jerry Rice. So like he just doing some amazing things over there in Colorado. And I just hope he keep it up. You know what I mean? So like if P or, or DT, if y'all want to jump in, y'all can go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Like kind of seeing like these recruits kind of like. Go ahead. Men. Go ahead. And then there's it's, it's kind of disturbing in a sense, you know. With like with Dion, I don't I don't know. I thought at first it was because you know maybe like Chador was coming back. It was like oh we know we're not getting playing time, but this might be might be a bigger issue, uh, fellas. I mean, but what what do you think about it? Yeah, I seen the same thing, DT. I seen a tweet from a player. Uh, he was a little disgruntled, and I'm seeing. I'm seeing these guys decommit from Colorado. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's got locker room issues or if it's like they don't like what they're hearing from how the program is going, but I mean, it's kind of not a, like a good look for I mean, I get like he had a press conference and he said he said that, you know, these young guys can't even make commitments to their girlfriends, so why would you think they can mm-hmm. make commitments to colleges? And he came out and he said that. I get that. Facts, though. Facts, uh, though. It's true. That's facts. You know what I mean? Definitely is facts. But, I mean, you're right, DT. He 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 got some star players that's um that's yeah. decommitting, bro, and that's kind of like a it's just a little alarming. Yeah. I mean, but it happens everywhere, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm about to say it, it. It happens everywhere. P. I, I, I think right now because he is the big name in college football. Like, even though you know everybody right now is sitting around watching the Georgia Alabama game. Like, but you know, and then later on, Florida State and you know um, Texas and you know like all those all those good teams that that y'all gonna get to later in the, in the pod. But he is the number one draw. Like, don't like. Don't get it twisted, right? So, for for me, like I I seen all the tweets and retweets that you know that y'all saw, even though I'm not on social media, um, but I I I seen it all, and and for for me, from outside looking in, I I feel like it's it's one is um is parents and boosters that's trying to um discredit um Dion's name because like I said you got to put some respect on it whether you like him or not whether you like the 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 um the things that he is doing um both on the field and and behind the scenes you you got to put some respect on his name so like I, I I get so right now we're living in a world where controversy you know what I mean trumps everything you know everybody want to see that crash and burn right so I mean, I, I I get it. You 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 um right now, um you got big recruits like decommitting, but you also have you know um top high school guys you know like you know committing to the program. The um the 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 one guy um escapes me right now. He's another um two way player. Um, they, they did an interview with him on. I think the week before Thanksgiving and he he committed to Colorado. I don't know. Again, like I, I don't really follow um like uh, college football. So I don't know um, what was, you know, going on after, after that, but yeah, you, you as, listen to me as a black man, you got to appreciate what he's doing, what he has done with his sons. You know what I mean? Like that's the aspect I'm talking on. Like all that political college football, mama jumbo, like y- y- y'all can have it. I'm just saying the, the, the way he came up, 
with his sons. Like this guy started in peewee football with his sons. And and when I say sons, I mean I mean Travis Hunter as well. Like this is a this is a kid that he took under his wing with him, you know what I mean? And and brought all three of those guys, you know, up and through the ranks. I, I believe his older son as well, maybe. Um, but um he brought these guys up through Pee Wee football, you know, he, you know, he and some other guys started a, a, a an academy because they wouldn't let them, they wouldn't let Dion and his crew like coach um, anyway. And, um, and, and well, I guess the part of Texas that he was trying to coach in. So like, the, like these guys started their own, um, you know, at quote unquote academic program. So these, so these kids could play football or whatever. And then that just continued um, through high school and, you know, eventually to Jackson State and to Colorado State. My, I mean, yeah, um, to Colorado. So my thing is, th- when have we seen that? Never. Like we've like we've seen um, fathers and sons like on on the coaching tip. Um, we we may even seen a, a college coach maybe coach his son in, in, in high school or or in college or something, but you, you never seen a, a, a father, a black father, uh, come up through the ranks with his kids. So that's that's is what I want to put praise on. I can care less about any of the guys that's decommitting or, or anything like that. I I'll let y'all guys handle that. Well what you thinking DT? I just, I definitely see your point. But I also I also wonder this, and this is about Dion himself. We 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 know it was going to be a process at Colorado. Like the first first month, everybody was on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. You know, was like, you know, this team going to be. It's like okay, let's slow your roll. Um, there's still some things they can do better. Still some things they need to work on, um, and. You haven't heard Colorado fans since like September. So my question for Dion is how patient are you gonna be building this team? Or are you gonna jump ship right. for another job? Because there's that's, always that's the question. there's always gonna be a better job coming out. Like AM just hired a new coach, but as soon as he got fired instantly, everybody said prime time. Everybody said coach prime. So my mm-hmm. thing is like he he might just stay there as a rental or possibly when his sons sons and Travis Hunter leave and then go bounce somewhere else. Then are okay, are we gonna judge how he built a program at Colorado then or Colorado's still gonna be the same stale program and we're just gonna wait and judge when he gets to a better well, program? Well well so in 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 my opinion, so I I got a I got a couple things about this. I don't Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you, DT. I think he's only there for his kids. Like he's not there, like really, really, for the program. Mm-hmm. Like he he wanna like he wanna push those kids to the you know what I mean to the NFL. And I and, and I believe if two out of the three or all three wind up in the NFL, I think that might where you see him go. Like I I, I think for, for like honestly, I think that's his end goal. I think his end goal was to ride pause like his his kids all the way through the ranks and get get these guys some national um recognition you know what I mean so they can um go to the um NFL and I think he's going to follow suit right so when um <clears throat> as I'm talking about that right so I'm I got um uh Shador stats right uh well j- just just his passing numbers you know he he threw for 32 Hundred yards, right? So, um, yeah. to to put that to put that into um, perspective, real quick, you, you got a guy um, at USC, uh, um, Caleb Williams, right? Who everybody is saying probably should be, you know what I mean? Definitely mentioned in the um, not MVP, but you know, in the Heisman conversation. You know what I mean? So he, uh, Caleb Williams, threw for, um, for just over thirty six hundred yards. 30 touchdowns and five interceptions. Like I said, Shador threw for 3,200 yards, 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. You know what I mean? So if we're looking at numbers and we're talking about Caleb Williams is should be in the same conversation for, for Heisman, I'm not saying that Shador should, 
But if you compare in X's and O's, you know what I mean? Like he's right up there with, you know, with some of the top players that that that, that, that we looking at, right? And and the reason why I I pull I pull Kayla Williams is because he's the, he's a quarterback of color, you know what I mean? And we, I mean we, we we got a bunch, but you know like that was the hype. And then you know when those guys lost to USC, then it kind of like it, it it took the the wind out of their sails, like literally, like you said, DC, like everybody was on it. Um, September first week of October. When once I think I think it was the Oregon Oregon that they lost to. Like after that, like everybody was kind of like, all right, well, Colorado is still the same same old program. So t- to your point, I, I'm 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 not absolutely sure that he's gonna take the time and and the patience to to really revamp the whole program. I, I think his thing is he wants to get um, as many recruits um, in there as possible. But I also think that he's steering these guys um, business-wise, like he's steering them to, you know, to the the NIL path. You know what I mean? And he's he's motivating them business-wise. Like so, I, I for me again, that's what I'm shedding light on. Um, like I I really don't see him jumping ship going to any other college. I mean, like like maybe like that's 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 a that's a tough decision. You know what I mean? I, I think cuz cuz I think all his I think Travis is like 20, um Shador is like 23 or 21 and uh Shiloh is 23 or it may be the other way around. So these guys don't have that um much time I think maybe one more year um if that right? So I I think that's the ultimate. I think I think they they are planning for the NFL. All right, so I think that this is the best I can kind of explain the Dion situation for me. Um, Dion is the way he speak on his kids in the media. It's a little harsh, and when he came out and he talked about his coaching and his offensive line or his trenches. I mean, it was a little harsh, but I blame that on his offensive line. Suck, P. His offensive line fucking sucks. Go ahead. You got him out. You got him out. I blame it on Dion, and I'm gonna tell you why I blame Dion. Dion trenches was bad at Jackson State. That's why Dion didn't want to play against top tier teams when he was at Jackson State because he knew his trenches was bad. So he come into the Pac-12. And you do the same shit, thinking that you're going to get different results. You go out there and you get great wide receivers. You got a good quarterback, but you can't run the football. You can't run the football. So, like, to me, the first thing Dion should have been doing is getting his trenches together. But he do the same thing he did at Jackson. So, like, we want Dion to look different and you want things to look different for his program. But until Dion realized that the trenches run college football, there's no way in the world he's going to be able to take it to that next level. When you watch teams like Bama, you watch teams like Georgia, you watch teams like Texas, you watch those teams like that, those teams got trenches. They got big boys up front on both sides, and they know how to run the football. Dion Sanders' team struggled to run the football this year, oh, and it was that. quite obvious. All they could do was throw the football. And then on the flip side, when it came to be passing the ball and they played against teams with better pass rush, it became trouble for Shador. So my question to Dion is, what's your next step now? You want to go out there and you still want to go get your two-way players? Or do you want to go out there and get in the trenches and go get you some of them, them corn-fed big boys to be put in front of your son and them big boys on that defensive line? Because that's what you really should be looking for. Because that's what's going to win you those games that you need to win. Because now you know the Pac-12 is over. You're going to the Big mm. 12 now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So again, you're going to another division where they play, they got they they play in the trenches. So mm-hmm. can Dion figure out his situation with the trenches to be able to be successful in this league? That's yeah. my question. And disagree, which is, I, I see where you're coming from, but with I don't want to with, with with me, DC or P. No, with, with Pope, I, okay. I don't want to act like Dion said months ago. 
like maybe even I think he said in the middle of the season, he still said in big honor to sell, he still said he was seven to eight dogs away. And that's yeah. you know, point out the O line and D line. Mm-hmm. So my my thing with them is this like I'm gonna be honest with you. He he's going to Colorado. And it's okay, back then Colorado was, you know, they were a, a national team, you know, with the Cornell Stewards, the Arab enemies, like they, they had great players and stuff back then, but we're now in an era where you gotta pay these kids straight out of high school 1.5 million to come play for you. It's the brand, it's the Jordans, the Nikes, Adidas, it's Ohio State, Michigan, Bama, Georgia. Who's gonna be on TV more? Who's gonna put me in NFL? And yeah. That's Dion does have the NFL pedigree. He does have the pedigree of a Hall of Famer, but Colorado to me, it just wasn't going to be where it was going to be the extreme jump, in my opinion. And to your point, he does have to build the trenches because there were teams they played in the Pac 12 that weren't even good in the trenches and they got out muscled out and getting killed. As and absolutely. Now, and now you're going to the Big 12. You're blessed not to have Oklahoma and Texas in there, but you got Oklahoma State, you got Kansas State, mm-hmm. yeah. you got Cincinnati. You, you still have a couple of those teams that you played down the line, and college football is forever changing with the 12-team playoff coming out next year, with the new divisions and conferences coming out. So a lot of these schedules going to be mixed. So I think Dion, for his sake, he he definitely will address the trenches, but it, it, it's not in fair sight that he wasn't trying to address trenches because as soon as he got there, he literally cleaned like almost yeah, he cleaned 80% out. of the team. Right. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, he, yeah he, I he, agree. He did he did right. clean that he clean he did clean house. I just I just I just know for Dion to compete in this, he gotta get he got to get bulls up front. Like, I, I get – like, Travis Hunter is flashy. I get it. His receivers. He got – um uh, what's in there? Uh, uh, Jimmy Horn and all of them. They great. But if you're – you can't block, baby. It don't matter about none of them. None of that yeah. matters. Like, yeah. he really got it. His offensive line got his son killed. Kill. Kill. That yeah. UCLA game, I watched that UCLA game. They yeah. terrorized him. Yeah. Like, terrorized him. So, like, yeah, Dion, like that, to me, my biggest recruit will be I need some Husky big boys up front to block. I got so, to get them. <clears throat> yeah, so, so, so here's the thing, right? Here's why I think um, I, I, I think he found his lane. I think his lane – is wide receivers, you know, quarterbacks, um, <clears throat> and DBs. I, I, I think that's his lane, right? I think um, <clears throat> what needs to be talked about is okay. So it's Colorado, right? <clears throat> so DT mentioned that they, they, they used to be, you know, what I mean, f- uh, fairly decent, you know, back in the day, right? So like right now, you you have your Ohio State, you your Michigan, your Bama, your Georgia, and like y'all said, like they all got, <clears throat> they all got their trenches together, but right, but when you mention those schools, those schools are usually on um, on TV or national television um, every weekend. You know, you know what I mean. A lot of primetime games. You know, so that 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 is now giving that um, that offensive lineman and that defensive lineman um, uh, screen time. You know what I mean? So so they can put together their you know since their, their their highlight tape. You know what I mean? Like a, a lot of um, Colorado's games were not nationally televised. You know, it was I think it was two or three primetime games early on. Um, that Oregon game being one of them, but. They just wasn't um, uh, nationally televised. You know, you, you really had to search for them. So I, I think they're going to lose um, recruiting in that aspect when it comes to the offensive and defensive line. Um, but I, I, like I said, I think the other thing is, um, I think Dion has found his lane. Like like I said, I think I think for him, 
it's the it's it's the quarterbacks of color. I think it's the, the receivers. I think it's those those uh, tall, lanky, speedy receivers, and I and I think it's the um, the the DBs. I think those are the guys that he's looking to recruit. And if and if you look around, like those are the guys that were committing and or uh, decommitting. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I think that's what it is. Like it's, he's, it's going to be hard for Colorado to recruit um, offensive and defensive linemen, especially with this year of them going four and eight. And you can, you can clearly see that they need offensive and defensive linemen. I just think guys are not are going to want to like Colorado's not going to be their number one or two or three commit. So that's going to be the struggle. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. I, I mean, I just think, um, I don't know. I don't know if recruits, I don't know what's going on right now with his situation with his recruits. And now I don't, I'm not too familiar or the reason why, why they leaving. But that one recruit, you know, when he came out, he came out with his tweet. I don't know if that affected any of his recruits that he had in. Uh, to put him in a situation where he is in today with some of his recruits. But I will say this. I know – I understand why certain recruits go to Dion, like like a Travis Hunter or the, uh, the guy that he got from last year, the number one corner from Miami. I think his name is Cor, Cor, Corman or something like that. Cormain or something like that he got. Um, I mean, you, you, you want to learn from, from a Hall of Famer of his caliber. I get that. You know what I mean? That's why Travis Hunter, you know, adapted to him. And I understand why the other, other guy did too. Um, so I get, I get those aspects of those things. You know, the reason why these certain players adapt to Dion, you know, and come to his school and want to play there. But what I can say is I feel like, I don't know, Dion might stay when his son leaves. He might not. I think I think the only people to me between when you say like his sons JB, I think the only real real ones that he really gonna get to the league is I know Travis will make it. Um I think Shador is possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Shallow. Shallow's definitely not making Shallow. it. Shallow yeah, Shallow is not Shallow. making it. He's not he's not making it. He's he's not. It's just not gonna happen Shallow. Shador is gonna be it's gonna be close because Shadur might be he might be a late rounder or he might go undrafted. But it's gonna be close. But I know Travis for sure. Travis might be a first round draft pick. But Shador, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean I like Shador's game. I mean my biggest my biggest thing was last year, like all right, I watched Shador at Jackson State. He lived Jack he lit up at Jackson State. But I wanted to see Shador do it against tougher competition. You know what I mean? Because I get it. It's, a, it's HBCU. You play against those guys. And nothing against HBCUs. But the competition from a Pac-12 to the SWAC is totally different. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's just yeah, way it's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I kind of wanted to see Shador in that setting. And, well, he, you know, he, he, played, he, he played pretty well. Yeah. But, but I, I mean... I still think he got he got to go back in the lab. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I, I, I yeah. I, I agree. But but I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is, I, I I put the stats up there, right? I compared him and Caleb Williams, and again because you know everybody hype is hyped over uh, Caleb Williams coming out. Um, you know, I, I, <clears throat> out this year, and I was just um, comparing the numbers. But if you look at you know he, he didn't play the last game of the season because he got hurt. I don't think he finished uh, the UCLA game because he got hurt, right? But, you know, he he was slinging the ball, and he was, you know, I was looking at his elusiveness. Like, he, you know, he, he really recognizes, um, you know, have a feel for the game. Um, and he was able to, to, you know, to keep the, the the play alive with his legs a lot because the offensive line just wasn't blocking. So you know what I mean. Like, so I, I get what you're saying, and um, you know, like you said, like hopefully he'll be, you know, a, a late second rounder, possibly third round. I, I I think I think if he does go third round, whoever he goes to is going to be a steal, um, uh, j- just because of his capabilities, but. Uh, 
I just think that again, it's just you know a little unfair because like he, he was putting up MVP numbers at the beginning of the season. They they just wasn't playing anybody, and and, it, and you know then you know like I said they hit that hurdle. The first hurdle they hit was um, was Oregon, and they they never really bounced back after that. It kind of looked like uh, those guys in the trenches that y'all was talking about. It was just kind of like they was just you know just lollygagging out there. Like they 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 wasn't trying to block. They wasn't trying to go after the quarterback on the defensive end. So it's it's going to be tough, but. Again, you still got to appreciate all of that. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when I saw that he was going to Colorado and when I Googled him and looked up their record and, you know, they had only won one game, I said, okay, I, I actually gave Dion three games. I, I said he's going to win three games and, you know, they, they was going to come back next year and maybe go 500. Um, I, I kind of still believe that. I, I don't know. Um like I said, I, I just don't know what's going on with the recruiting. I guess time will um, tell on on that. But I, I I really believe that his aspirations is to get to as some type of coach. Yeah, I got hit. DT, you got any more? Yeah, DT, you got any more chiming in on the on the Colorado situation? Not not really, man. But I. I I just seen a while ago that, if I'm not mistaken, their defensive back coach has been relieved of their duties as well. So yeah, yeah, um, they're definitely going to be making some more changes to Colorado. Um, definitely got to see what's going to happen on signing day, where where uh, his class is going to be at. They're, you know, they're going to talk to him and stuff. So we'll probably pick his brain when that time comes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. oh, I want to slide. Go ahead. I want to slide into this uh, this conversation that we was having off air, DT. Like, we're looking at right now, we got Bama playing Georgia. We already know yesterday Washington beat Oregon, knocked them out. And then we got tonight, we got Florida State against Louisville. And then we also had earlier today, Texas blew out Oklahoma State. Yeah. And we still got – and we got uh, Michigan playing against Iowa right now. So, you know, we 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 into the part of the year where this is the the 14 playoffs. And uh, I know a, a part of college football, you know, we've kind of been clamoring to have more teams get in. But this is, this is going to be the last year of the 14 playoffs because we're going to go to 12 teams next year. But as we look at these teams, uh, DT – we got a lot of teams that got one losses and they mm-hmm. got some got strong resumes and some resumes are not as strong. So my question is, if we get a lot of upsets tonight, as far as let's say Bama beat Georgia, let's say Florida State loses to Louisville, and let's say Iowa, you know, takes takes down Michigan. What you think we're gonna be looking at for our top four teams in the playoff? Ah, Jesus, bro! This 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 was a funny conversation before we got on air. Um, I think it's this this might be the second most difficult year to put teams in four spots. They always say pick the best four teams. Well, a lot of times, even when they pick the best four teams, the results don't always show. So with that being said, in this scenario that you're suggesting, I think if Bama beats Georgia, Iowa somehow finds a way to muster enough offense to beat Michigan, and Florida State loses, First of all, you have to put Washington one because they're undefeated and they beat uh, a top 10 team twice in a span of 48 days. Two, I understand the the whole thing about Georgia losing. I just have a hard time for them to get rid of the national champions so easily. Then you have Michigan, who definitely, 
Yes, they they have a good win over Ohio State and Penn State, but their strength of schedule does not match well with a lot of the teams competing for one of the spots. And then the last spot is definitely going to a one-loss champion Um, because I I just don't see Florida State winning tonight because of the quarterback questions. Um, if, If they do win, you have to put in the playoffs and people are going to hate it, but they, they won with their third string quarterback. I mean, that sounds like a familiar story, right? 2014 with Ohio state, but it's really going to be a difficult year because of so much parody in the sport. So if you're talking about a one loss, big 12 champion in Texas, a one, a one loss, SEC possible champion in Bama, Bama will have to get in because they just beat the number one team in the country. Ah, you're talking about Georgia, Texas, and Ohio State. Quite honestly, and I think Georgia would get in. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's tough, DT. Like, I mean, this is why this is why this has to be expanded. I mean, look what we're dealing with. You got one loss, Ohio State, one loss, Alabama, one loss, Texas. You know, you might have the possibility of one loss, Georgia, or one loss, Michigan, even a one loss, Florida State. You know what I mean? You're going to have – it's a possibility you're going to have a lot of one loss teams and you're trying to make a decision on who to put in there. It just – man, I would hate to be the committee right now. I mean, as a, I guess a part of the committee, you would probably want to – you want things to go status quo so it makes your decision easier. So you would want the Georgia to beat the Alabama, the Florida State to go ahead and win, and then, you know, Michigan to go ahead and win. That way it's easier to make your decisions because we already know Washington is in because they already won. So we know they're in for sure. You know what I mean? So if Georgia was, you know, Georgia win, Michigan win, and Florida State win, then, I mean, they, they go your four teams right there. You know what I'm saying? So it, but if you get these all these losses, it makes things a little bit more difficult to make decisions on. It's kind of hard for me to see, like if Bama does beat Georgia, it's kind of hard for me to say that they 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 keep Georgia out. I don't see it. I can't see that. I think Georgia still makes it win or loss. Um, but I think Bama needs help. I think Bama needs help from a. I mean, they already got help from Washington beating Oregon. You know what I mean? Because that kind of worked yourself out. That knocks Oregon out your way. But you still kind of need help because I feel like even if Florida State was to lose and Michigan was to win, I don't think Bama – I still don't think they let Bama in. I think they put Texas in. I think they go far as, you you know, you would have, you know – Georgia's still in it. You probably would make Washington, uh, Michigan your one. Washington probably be your two. Georgia probably be your three. And then you probably put Texas at number four. You know what I mean? Even though Bama beat, even if Bama beat Georgia, I just think they're going to go the route of putting Texas in because they it's going to be hard for them to not put a Big 12 champion in there that beat Alabama. Now, if they didn't beat Bama, then I can see them then I can see Bama jumping it, but by them beating Bama, they have a, I mean, they got a card to pull. So I think Bama needs more help than anybody because it's kind of their situation. Even if you win, it's not guaranteed that they're going to get in. You know what I mean? And, and to, to, to want Michigan to lose too, that's tough. That's tough. I think Michigan going to pull it out. So I think, I think Bama's out. So let me say this, because I don't know if this is literally like the same people ever since the first playoff started, right? But mm-hmm. we have seen in history that this college football playoff committee, they sometimes don't value the head-to-head as much when it comes to the final selection weekend. Mm-hmm. Ohio okay. State to Penn State in the season, I believe it was 2016. But 
because of that, regardless of that, they still put Ohio State in because they felt that Ohio State was still the better team despite the one loss. And it was the best loss because they lost by three points. Now, I understand Bama has lost to Texas in a head-to-head matchup, and it was by 10 points while hosting a home game. But you're looking at the path to getting in the championship. If you're putting Bama and Texas on a neutral field, I'm taking Alabama because I feel like they are the better team right now, not right then. Also, another reference is 2014 – uh, when Ohio State started the season, Braxton Miller was out for the year. JT Barrett lost to a Virginia Tech team at home by double digits in his second start. Jalen Milrow lost to a top-ranked Texas team by double-digit points in his fourth start. So I, I think there's going to be some type of grace within this committee to see who is the better team now, not who was the better team then. So I, I and I like that idea, DT. I'm I'm with you on that. I think and I think also too DT that we missing Texas lost to an Oklahoma team that lost three games. Bama lost to a Texas team that only lost one game. I think that has a factor to deal with it too compared to what you lost to. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Bama lost to a team like Texas A&M who lost like five or six games. Yeah. They lost to a, a one-loss team. You know what I mean? Whereas though, Texas, you lost to a three-loss team in Oklahoma. So I think that has something to do with it because that's a part of the resume. You know what I mean? Maybe the committee looks at it that way and be like, hey, you know, they might look at those numbers. You, you know what I'm saying? They might look at that game and they might put that in there. But to me, it's just gonna be it's gonna be hard, bro. I'm not gonna hold it's gonna be hard because it's gonna be rumbling from Texas. If you put Bama in and don't put Texas in, man, that's just I mean it's gonna be rumbling because they feel like hey, we beat them. Why are we not in? You know what I'm saying? So I just think this this is a sticky, this is a sticky one, bro. Like this this one gonna be a hard one if Bama pull it out. Like it's gonna be hard. I don't know I, what they're going to do. I just think, man, like, like they say, they always say put the best teams in. And I just feel like Bama is respectfully a better team than Texas. But I also see where people, you know, they talked about today, there has never been a playoff without a, a, a school from the SEC. And that's rightfully true. Where where does Georgia? How far Georgia gonna fall if they lose this game? Is the question. Is it gonna be two, three? Like that that matters just as much because now you're preventing a a juggernaut matchup because everybody always says the fourth spot is basically your invitational. Congratulations for joining. There's only been a couple of teams that actually came in and competed with that fourth spot and actually gave teams um, down to the wire. But other than that, it has been a under a underlying of just watching a casual game and a team gets to the national championship easily. I just think Bama's better than Texas, bro. That's just me. But that's why I'm saying, DT, like, if Bama beat Georgia, how do you kick Georgia out? How? Look at the season that they had. Look what they've been through. How do you kick them out? I don't know. That, to me... And that, and that's the that's the thing of the committee. Like, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Okay, because I, I I think Michigan wins. I I don't think they're gonna lose, right? I do think, like you said, I agree with you. I think Florida State has a rough time tonight, and I think they lose. Um, I know their defense is gonna try everything they can, but if you got your third string quarterback in there, I just I just think it's not enough for them to win. Right. So that leaves Michigan. That will make Michigan one. Washington two, so now what do you do at three and four? You got you got to choose between Georgia. Hang on, Bama, it's, hang, on hang on now. Hang on. I'm gonna have to challenge that a little bit. Is okay. Washington better? I think Washington better than Michigan. To be honest but with how, you, but how do you make how do how do you how does Washington jump Michigan if they're undefeated too? They already they already above them. The only. I, 
The only reason people would put Michigan above Washington is because Michigan just beat the number two team in the country. And well, at the time, at the time, and rightfully so. But Washington's strength of schedule, the SOS, and the teams that they have beaten, they have beaten Oregon, they beaten the Heisman Trophy winner in USC. Say what you want, they may be seven and five, but at the time that was a top tier game everybody wanted to watch. They beat a good Arizona team. Um, they they're they way far more battle tested than Michigan is. Did they play Oregon State this year too? They uh, yes, they played Oregon State in the rain. Okay, because Oregon State was good this year too. I mean, I, I would put Washington one. I mean, that's okay. So Michigan beat, they beat, okay, they beat Penn State. They beat Ohio State. They beat Maryland. Mm, and I guess everything else is like, huh. Yeah, like Washington has the better resume. They do. They do. I agree they do. But if I know the committee, they probably still going to slide Michigan at number one. But you, but you also want to know this too. You have to think about these semi-conference locations too. Like, so this year is the Rose Bowl, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the Sugar Bowl. They want they want Michigan and Washington to collide in the Rose Bowl. And you talking you talking about what for the finale? Yeah, for the for the playoffs, the semifinals. They want Michigan and Washington to collide in the Rose Bowl because of the Pac-12, Big 12 history in the Rose Bowl itself, and it, it it just fits what they always wanted. It makes the Rose Bowl, you know, a little bit more watchable than seeing the Alabama and somebody else. Man. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, if we put Michigan – let's just say we put Michigan 1 and you put Washington 2 – if Michigan has to play, if Michigan got to play SEC school, they're going to lose. I'm sorry. I think, I think Michigan lose in general, bro. I mean, if Michigan plays somebody like, if they play, oh, I don't know. That, you're right. Bro, when, was the play, last time, when was the last time Michigan won a bowl game? I can't tell you because I don't remember. Tell me they haven't won one since like 2013. Maybe even it maybe even a little <laughs> bit closer. But when it comes to the New Year's Six and these big bowl games, Jim Harbaugh has choked. I mean, I'm just looking at I'm looking at the teams that, that has a possible chance to get in right. And then I don't see Michigan beating any of them. I can't see Michigan beating Bama. I can't see him beating Georgia. I can't see him beating Texas, neither. And I just think it's going to be tough for them to beat Washington with them receivers. I, uh, one game. I, I think I think Dylan Johnson is an underrated player. Oh, both y'all in the same area. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I Like I said, this is a tough decision. I think that – uh. I like what I've seen out of Michael Penix this year. He was awesome last night. He played great. What was surprising to me more, uh, DT, was the way Washington offensive line destroyed Oregon's defensive line. Like, they just punished them. I wasn't expecting that from Washington last night. I thought it was going to be a little bit of, you know, Oregon maybe putting a little bit more pressure on Penix, but that offensive line played great last night. And I feel like if their offensive line can play like that through the playoffs, they're very dangerous because his receivers yeah. are good. Yeah. The only the only thing that concerns me about Washington is their defense. Like, how how consistent can they be on a down-to-down basis when they have to play with teams like Georgia or whoever they're matched up with? Yeah. Yeah, I agree because, I mean, you're playing teams like Georgia and – and and I and I don't want teams to sleep on Texas, bro, because Texas can score and their defense is elite. Like, I mean, 
I understand they play Oklahoma State today, so they kind of embarrassed them. You know, I, I, I feel like if they play stiffer competition, and things probably will be different. But Texas still got some good talent over there. Quick years, he had a great game today. I mean, I think, I think Texas is still a decent team. I just, but like you said, if I put, if you put Bama on the field with them today, I think Bama beats them. I do. I, I like what I see out of Jalen Miro. I think Jalen, you know, you know Miro's out there. He's balling. He's looking great. Um, I love, I love Caleb Downs on the defensive back end over there for uh, Alabama. Uh, he's he's been a a great piece to their defense. And I mean, he's only a freshman. He's looking like he looked like he a senior out there. You know what I mean? So I mean, he still got what three more years of eligibility. So I just I love what I'm seeing out of the the defense out of Bama. Um, so I don't know, man. I I don't know, DT. I just feel like. The decisions tonight are going to be hard. This is, and I don't this know. Is, I don't know what to do. It's the hardest decision they're going to make in a while before next year. Because next year it's going to be a little bit smoother, but you're still going to have those teams left out because of twelve team form. Just, just think about this, right? This twelve team format is going to be wild next year. You're going to have teams from the SEC possibly have to go yeah. up north in the cold, or you got teams from. Oh, North got to go to the South. Yeah. You know how much I mean, money? Oh, my God, bro. I cannot wait. I mean, I, I started looking at the 12-team situation this year. I mean, you look at everybody that you got right now, the top 12 teams right now, you're looking at what? Bama, Georgia, or I mean, Oregon probably, uh, Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. Texas, I mean, you got, hey, man, I wish it was 12 teams this year because it would have been great. This would have been some amazing football they had this year. I feel like this year would have been perfect because look at at what you got in front of you. This would have been some great bowl games for the the championship if they had 12 teams this year. Yeah. I would have loved it. I can't wait next year, bro. I'm gonna yeah, be, yeah. I'm gonna be on it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. Well, I guess Thank I guess guys, I ain't really had too much else left. It not unless you guys got something else that you guys want to discuss. Oh, this 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 is one thing I wanted to say. So with the playoff team playoffs next year, so the Big Ten they're gonna eliminate divisions. So they have to. Which means tonight, if this was next year, mm. Ohio State playing Michigan again. Ooh. Ooh. It'll be a but rematch. You, now, hold on, DT. I, I, I do got one more thing. So, look, when I look at – and I, I never understood why the Big Ten never fixed this, right? When you look at the Big Ten and how they got the breakdown of the conferences, why do you have – Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State in the same freaking division, bro. Why? Mainly, Why? it's mainly because they they did it by the eastern, the eastern shore of the United States, and the western, the western expansion of the United States. That's mainly why. But I I, I definitely agree. Um, actually, when it first started, the the divisions were definitely different. It was the leaders and legends division, if anybody remember. And Ohio State and Michigan were both in different divisions. But now they reshaped it because, you know, Maryland and Rutgers came in. So, yeah, so that's why, like, the East has been the most dominant d- division in the Big Ten because you yes. have the Big and your fourth best team, despite talking about like Wisconsin and Iowa Day in the West, uh, your fourth best team in the East is Maryland. And they ain't that good. I want to I want to say that. I just think, you know, they're from a talent perspective, they're they're not as close to where Ohio State and the big three are, but they can they have show games where they can compete. They just need a little bit more. 
but I think if once the divisions are over, we'll see a better, you know, Maryland team. I guess I guess we will see. I guess so. I mean, I was just looking at that the other day, and I'm like, why do you have this like this? Like, you would think that they would say, okay, let's put Ohio State over there. You know, I mean? we can keep Penn State in Michigan. So now you got Ohio State over there with Iowa and Wisconsin and Nebraska and all them. You know, like or put Michigan over there, like some. But you put all three of them in the same same side, like that just didn't yeah. make sense to me. That's just that's just terrible. Yeah, that's not gonna happen no more. But uh, yeah. another thing I, I do want for my wish list, I I told my dad this last night. I want now that we have USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington in the Big Ten, I want to rotate the championship locations. I want to have one year we're in Indy, the next year we're in Las Vegas or California. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's, that's gonna cool. make money. Yeah, that's nice. Can, can I, you I, imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, Ohio State. Did it? Did he? Did he get? Did he get caught up? DT, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you said? Can you imagine Ohio State? What now? I said, can you imagine Ohio State or any team in a neutral site in Las Vegas? That that would be oh, legit. It'll be a beautiful site. But you know what's interesting to me too now that I'm thinking about it, right? Because you got, like you said, you got USC. You said USC, Washington, and who else is coming over? USC, Washington, UCLA, and Oregon. So you got these four teams coming over, right? Now. Uh-huh. You said your top four teams in that division was Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Maryland. Well, and that's in the East. Like, right, in the East. East. In the East. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you bringing in now, you bringing in, to me, you bringing in four premier schools. What does that do to your Maryland, to your Iowa, to your Wisconsin, to your Nebraska, to your Northwestern? What does that do to them? Because the, the, the USC, the Oregons, the Washingtons, and the, I mean, uh, UCLA, huh, whatever. Well, but the US, but mm-hmm. those three, those three are some good school football schools. Yeah. Well, I, I think I would say right now, based on transitioning, I think I think Oregon and Washington are going to be farther ahead than USC and CLA in terms of how they play because those teams kind of play the same style as as Big Ten. They have good offensive lines, good D lines, get pressure, and, you know, control the line scrimmage. USC is still trying to get there. I mean, they have Lincoln Riley, but they're, they're, you know, air raid, pass happy, explosive offense, but when it comes to playing defense, I mean, they just hired a defense coordinator from UCLA. You got to play defense in the Big Ten. If you're going Absolutely. to you're going to come in this division, I mean, conference with the likes of these Blue Bloods, and then not only that, you also got to play Notre Dame as well. We've seen how you played against Notre Dame. You have to play physical brand of football. I agree. I definitely agree. I, I feel like Lincoln Riley's Weakest is always defense. He could never get his defense, even ever since he's he's with Oklahoma. His defense has always been bad. Like I, I think Lincoln, I get it. Okay, your mindset is fully offense, right? But as a coach, right? So if you're fully offense, why don't you go out there and find the best defensive coordinator out there for your defense? You know what I mean? Like you understand that you cannot. I guess, or recruit well or, 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 or fix the issue. So you would think that he would have the right people in position to get the right recruits in and had the right defensive coach. But instead, it's like he stumbles in that area. It's like he has a brain fart when it comes to that. Like, he just can't get that right. Because imagine if he really had a defense. Like, uh, USC would probably be unstoppable. Do you know how long I've been, I've been screaming at this point ever since he hired – Alex Prince, 
I, I said from the jump, bro, like I was look, Alan Grinch used to coach with us on defense like 2018 when Dwayne Haskins like record year. Dude is trash, bro. He he had he had Chase Young, Nick Bosa. Uh he had a top five talented D-line, decent linebackers, and star studded corners and safeties, and he made us look putrid. From that moment, I knew he was not a good defensive coordinator. I never understood why he was calling defenses. Mm. And he and Lincoln Riley decided to bring the same product from Oklahoma to USC. And it didn't like, work. Is it's nasty. So hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm rooting for USC to get their defense right because you know they're they're blue blood, you know, as well. And I I, I definitely love gonna love the Ohio State USC slash Oregon rivalry. Now those teams are in the Big Ten. It's going to make the conference and the national headlines much more interesting. So let me ask this, this this question: How do you feel that no more Pac-12? <sighs> I hate it, but I, I understand. Um, when the first when the first moves happen. I was I was excited for joy, but then it made me realize, like, well, dang, it kind of takes them out of their element. It kind of takes the Big Ten out of their element. Um, being in the, the middle of the middle of the world, uh, not Colorado, but like Nebraska, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, and now you're going to be playing late night games around ten o'clock because you got to play USC, UCLA. And Oregon and Washington, so I, I definitely hate it because of the history that that conference provided. But I'm looking forward for the new history that they're going to build with us because we already have a relationship with these teams based due to the fact of the Pac-12. Yeah, I, um, I'm definitely going to miss late night Pac-12 football. I feel like. Um, them late night Pac-12 games were, if you knew, if you know, you know. Because some of them late night Pac-12 games were great games. I mean, awesome games. I'm talking about 10 o'clock at night going into 12, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Them games was exciting. Scoring back and forth. Like, it was just amazing college football games. So, I'm definitely going to miss the late night Pac-12 games. I thought that was just like. To me, that was like the highlight of the year to watch those games, man. Those games were were, were amazing to watch, and now it's not going to be there no more. So I'm kind of sad to see the Pac-12 go. I mean, I, I feel like this year the Pac-12 had a strong year. I mean, they had some good teams, you know, from USC to Washington to Oregon, Oregon State. You know, even Arizona was pretty good this year. Arizona State, eh, they were okay. Um, you know, Colorado had his moments early in the year, uh, but it was a it was a strong showing from the Pac-12 this year. I think they went out with a bang, um, so I'm really going to miss it. But I guess, like you said, it's on to a newer journey, and uh, we're going to see some some different some different aspects of college football. This, you know, this next season with with these teams on a move, but you know, Pac-12 football definitely will be missed. I thought it was great to watch those guys play, you know, on the late night tip. So I'm definitely going to miss it. And the conferences too, bro. Like we, we went from like the power five and now it's really starting to be almost like a really a big four, but in actuality a big two when you're talking about the SEC and the big 10. Yeah. Cause the SEC, you getting Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Going over, is going over to the SEC. And then you have the Big Ten with those teams we have mentioned. So commercial deals, uh, headlines, uh, money, view, viewship, that's going to go up. Right. And then I guess the rest of the guys, the rest of the teams are going to the, the Big 12, right? Like Colorado. Big 12 ACC. Okay. So Colorado is going to the Big 12. I do know that. I don't know where Arizona and Arizona State and all them guys are going at. But yeah, man, that 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 uh, that division was nice, man. I I, I really like 
watching their games. So it's kind of sad to see them go. But I guess uh, we covered everything that we wanted to cover tonight. This was a, you know, like I said, guys, this was a special show for us. You know what I mean? Ravens on the bye this week, but we wanted to cover some topics that, you know, college football-wise. And, you know, JB wanted to talk about Colorado and Deion Sanders and, you know, talk about the things that he had going on in this program. And then we just wanted to touch on college football a little bit because we into we into uh, conference championships and almost into national championships. So, like, this is the time of the year for college football where it gets really exciting, where you get to see, you know, the excitement. And then also – it trickles into the next aspect, which is draft. So, you know, we're getting close now to these guys wrapping up their season and them getting prepared for the draft. So, you know, I know we're going to have our eventually once NFL is over, you know, a lot of us will be looking at these players to see what players that, you know, you would like to have on your team in the next season. So this is why this is an exciting part of the year for college football. So, um, any of y'all got anything, last remarks before we close out for tonight? I'm good, man. Now, I appreciate you guys having me on the show, y'all, um, even though I have been producing y'all shows. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to close out, man. Listen, man, make sure y'all go out and y'all listen to Command Time with DT and Kayla. I'm telling y'all, it's an awesome show. I listen to it every week. They put their part out, man. Like they have an amazing show. I'm telling you, they they're they're they 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 mesh so well together when they talk about things. Cause Kayla got her ways of how she feel about it, and DT got his ways of how he feel about the commanders. And it's it's just an amazing show, man. You gotta listen to them guys. I'm telling you, Command Time on FFSN. Check it out. I'm telling you, you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna love it. I ride around the car, DT. And I'll be having <laughs> people, I um, uh, like some of my families, they be like, who this, who this? I'm like, oh, that's my, my friends, you know, they just say podcast. And they just, they laugh because of how you and Kayla go back and forth. So, like, they enjoy listening to it, man. So, I'm telling y'all, man, y'all got to check it out. Y'all got to check them out, man. They do amazing stuff over there for the commanders, man. Yep, do amazing work. So, with that being said, guys, we're going to close the night out, man. Y'all have a great night. And we'll catch y'all when we come back next week when the Ravens play against what we got, uh, We got the uh, Rams. The Rams. The Rams. But before we get into the Rams, before we jump into that, I'm gonna jump into the Ravens ass on that daggone Sandy on that daggone charge on that Chargers game. Cause I got issues, JB, and we're gonna talk about that on the next show. Other yeah, than that, peace out, y'all. It. Peace out, All y'all. Right. Y'all have a good night. Bye, holla. Nobody can stop this.